Hey, everyone. How you doing today? Episode three with Greg Dickerson. How you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. Awesome. So, hey, uh, something I know I wanted to do with you today, if we can, is sort of throw some concepts at you. Just get your feeling what's coming on, what, what, you know, what's top of radar or whatnot. So I'll just throw some, some words and you let me know. Uh, first, we'll throw deflation, right? The big uber boogeyman out there, right? There's a lot of talk about inflation, which in fairness, we'll talk about next. But when you think about deflation, is that anywhere on your radar in the future? What do you, what do you think? You know, I don't really think so, especially in the environment we're in with all of the, you know, QE, monetative easing, you know, just just where we're at. I mean, I, you know, we, we almost kind of sort of been there because we haven't had the inflation that we should have had. But no, I don't I don't see that as a primary concern. Yeah, I think I think back to our episode number one or two, I forget where we said don't bet against the Fed. I think deflation is, is hard to see. Uh, in the current environment. Maybe, maybe, yeah, it's just hard to, it's hard to comprehend. So, okay. Well, what about yeah, the other side? I don't side? see us heading into a depression. You know, I mean, yeah. this is a serious issue we've got, but as we've seen, the economy has remained, you know, 70%, you know, open, resilient. The support is there from, from all of this, all of the central banks, European banks, the Fed, everybody is on board to do whatever it takes to keep the, you know, keep the world economy going. I don't see a great depression on the table and, and possible unless this, you know, pandemic got way out of control and you had to shut everything down completely. Yeah. If they lock everybody down in their homes for like a month or whatever, and just really kill the economy that that could happen, but you know, knock on wood that that won't happen. So yeah, I agree. It's hard to see a deflation. That was really an, uh, when I went back, which I did months ago to read about the depression, great depression, yeah. if deflation was the thing, right? That's the thing that kept, where, mm -hmm. where you actually had money in the bank and it was worth more the next day, right? Because things were deflating. Uh, so let's yeah. flip the coin over. What about inflation, right? That's been the great dream of Federal Reserve. They now want 2%. Uh, they are printing money like nobody's business. There's trillions of dollars of dry powder. Uh, is inflation on your radar going forward? Oh, yeah. And we absolutely have it. You've got it at the asset level, Bitcoin, gold, stocks, you know, bonds, everything at the asset level you've got hyperinflation, except for treasuries, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and really bonds, you know, you're not seeing it there, but you're seeing it in risk assets. Okay. Um, you're not seeing it at the consumer level. Now, obviously, you know, prices have gone up in the grocery store for, for goods and services or for, for, you know, food and things like that because of transportation issues, COVID issues and all that. But in general, it's not across the board. You know, I can still go buy a shirt on sale at Belk or some pants or shoes or, you know, whatever you can still, you know, vehicles, you can argue over the last number of years have, have gone through the roof. But again, it's all about payments and financing. But in general, your day to day necessities have not exponentially shot through the roof at the consumer level for everything across the board. So to me, that's where inflation really hits home. The inflation is at the asset level where the money is going. The money is not reaching Main Street. Now, if the Fed and Treasury would have gotten their act together and put the money where it really needed to be, which was shoring up these businesses, replacing lost income and lost profitability. Again, what we've seen with stimulus is life support that failed. It wasn't stimulus. Okay. It didn't, it didn't, you know, stimulate anything. It barely kept some people alive. And most people aren't. Once we get through the end of this year, we're going to see even more businesses close after the holidays. Yeah. So the real stimulus should have been replacing lost income revenues and profits. Then you could have potentially seen some inflation. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think inflation, you got to watch. I do think it's a boogeyman that at least needs to be on the radar of the Federal Reserve, Treasuries, us as investors. Uh, but it's not it's not front and center, right? It's, it's one of those ones you just keep on the board for that just in case kind of discussion. Because it, it, it- The money is not reaching the mass population. In yeah. order for real inflation to take take root, you need money to hit everybody's pocket. You need 0809 where everybody, everybody can refinance and pull equity out of a house and put that money to work on anything. We're not seeing that. You got to qualify. You got to have equity. You know, there's limitations to be able to, you know, leverage yourself. People aren't over leveraging. People are going the other way. They're putting money in savings. They're shoring up. When we get through this, people are going to, which we said on the last episode, make sure you've got reserves. People are going to build their reserves because they now know and my income could disappear and it could disappear for a long time. So, and a lot of people have lost their life savings and their businesses and things like that. Yeah. So we did something else you said earlier. I want to, I want to tick off because I think we're in agreement again. So great. Uh, depression is off the table now. Um, yeah. do, would you go as far as to say that we could have a, a roaring decade, like the roaring twenties or at least a roaring two or three years? Do you see I, what I see? And again, as always tell me if I'm wrong, I, what I see coming up for the next six or seven quarters is, every quarter is better than the one preceding it. Like Q1 will be better than Q4. Q2 will be better than Q1. Q3 better than Q2. That may go on all the way out until, you know, halfway through 2022. Is that kind of what you're thinking or no? You know, it's it's really hard to say. I think we're going to see consistent growth once we get back on, back open. You know, so what are you measuring? You know, pre-pandemic growth. And I think that's what we're probably talking about. So once we get through this and the light switch is back on and, you know, the world is firing again mm-hmm. on all cylinders, I think you're going to see steady growth. But, you know, you can only grow so much. There's only so many people in this world that are are able to consume. And we are a consumption society we're consuming goods and services right that's what our economy is so when you think about that it can only grow so much and what is real growth is it increase in prices or is it increase in productivity you know so that that's really the thing to think about you can only push so far um you know people only need so much yeah yeah well another thing you mentioned uh that we'll put in this episode is uh, earlier when we talked about inflation of assets, uh, you, you mentioned Bitcoin. Yeah. So what, yeah. Do you think of, what do you think about Bitcoin? Is it a currency? Is it an asset? Is it just fake zeros and ones? What, what's Bitcoin to you? To me, Bitcoin is two things. Monopoly meets Vegas, right? So <laughs> it's, it's, it's a game. It's not even real. And, you know, it's, it's something that if anybody can come up and create a digital currency, how can one be more valuable than another? So you have Facebook wanting to create their own currency. You know, Amazon's probably going to create their own currency, PayPal. Um, the federal government's looking at creating a digital currency. Uh, you know, I, I think Bitcoin's, Bitcoin's days are numbered. I think it's a bubble. I think, you know, there, there's a lot of people getting, you know, suckered into it because it's at 20,000. I don't even know what it is today, but it hit 20,000. And people are saying, oh, it could hit 100,000. I mean, it's just ridiculous. You can't take Bitcoin into the grocery store and buy food. Yeah, so it hit twenty thousand last Thursday, twenty three thousand on Friday. It was when I yeah. started this. It was down a thousand point or thousand dollars today. Uh, but yeah, you have you do have some pretty influential. What I see in Bitcoin is so. First off, step back. I have a friend of mine who's gob just. He's been all over digital currency for five mm-hmm. years. Right, he was very very early. He's so deep in this stuff, it hurts my head just to talk to him, right? It, I mean, he's just that smart. 2017, he sat on my couch 
he had this necklace on with like a little key fob. And he's like, this is the wave of the future. This is, this is that. And you should buy some Bitcoin. It was like, I don't know, 3000 bucks or whatever it was. And I'm like, and then he leaves. And I, I look at my wife, Olivia, and I go, he's that that's insane. What the hell is he doing? Right. So Bitcoin goes on 20,000 and then crashes. Now I've actually, I actually bought a Bitcoin or a coin or whatever you call it a little bit more than a coin because I'm using it as an insurance policy. It's not an asset to me. It's not currency. I mean, it's certainly not currency, right? You can't take it to a grocery store. You might call it a, you might call it an asset. You might call it a replacement for gold, but for me, it's an insurance policy. I want 1% of my net worth at some point in the future in this insurance policy, right? If the world Armageddon comes and America loses reserve currency and all these other things. So I, I look at as the ultimate black swan insurance policy. So yeah, not, not definitely not a currency, right? You can't take it to the grocery store. So, um, but I do see 2020 very differently than 07 because the fear of missing out that 17 crisis was so predictable, right? It was tulip bulbs. Mm -hmm. It was Monopoly meets Vegas. But now we have Paul Tudor Jones, Druckenmiller, Elon Musk yesterday talked about it. We have this freaking Fortune 500 company who moved its 90% of its cash balance sheet to Bitcoin. It's just crazy stuff going on. So I think it, it, it's, um, it, it warrant, for me, it's an insurance hedge. It's a very small insurance policy. Yeah, I just, I just don't buy it. I think it's going to, I think it's going to get wiped out and it'll be gone, you know, and, and, yep. you know, it's like the old thing that said, you know, when, when everybody, you know, is, you know, all of a sudden investing in something that they know nothing right. about. Yeah. Right now, it used to be if your mailman, you know, if your milkman, if those guys are telling you about Bitcoin or they have a real estate deal, they're syndicating, it's probably time to get out. Oh yeah. Uh, well, when you've got the top people in the world who are now on board it's time to get out because that's who they've been trying to sucker all along. Now they got, them. Uh -huh. they're going after the real wealth. So these guys are all going to put, you know, their money in it, you know, and family office. That's when you're going to, that. yeah. Now my, my question is when, you know, where does it go? Who's who, there, there's gotta be, you know, a little Bitcoin Fort Knox somewhere where it's all going to, and there's somebody back there like the wizard pulling <laughs> the strings that when this stuff evaporates, they end up with all the money. Cause you know, uh, I don't even understand that. How does it, how does it become worth nothing? You know, is it buying and selling like a market and where's the, who's actually buying, who's selling and what's happening, you know? Yeah. yeah it's crazy. Cause I guess there's only so many coins. So at some yeah. point, somebody's going to end up with all those coins. Yeah. That, that, uh, that's one of the things that makes Bitcoin at least interesting to me when I was doing my research before I plucked down, you know, tens of thousands of dollars was that it is limited, right? There's a, there's a limit. Yeah. I think it's 21. It might be 23 million coins. I forget something like that. Uh, but in the end, uh, it just, uh, it's a topic. It's funny. You and I would have never talked about Bitcoin 60 days ago. It wasn't on my radar at all. Right. Cause it was, for me, it was always that fake, you know, I love your analogy. Monopoly meets Vegas. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> Monopoly meets Vegas. Uh, yeah. But, Vegas, you're trading chips for real money, yeah. you know, but when you're using it, it doesn't it's, seem real. It's all chips. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. And, and you know, Monopoly, it's all fake. Right. So you, you just do whatever. Exactly. I thought that was an awesome analogy, man. Oh, very, very cool. So uh, with that, man, I want to thank you. Again, you got off the freeway to do this video. I appreciate you. Drive safe, be well, uh, and we'll talk uh, next week. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, you too, Michael. Merry Christmas. Thanks, buddy.